codeine. It was Percocet, which is oxycodone and Tylenol. It was Vicodin, which is hydrocodone and Tylenol. So you can only take so much of those before your liver gives out. So there's a dose limit on these combination pills. And some people can't take Tylenol at all. Right. So in order to get enough opiates, basically you had to be on a morphine drip at home. So you had to be in hospice to get enough opiates. So it wasn't working out. We needed more and better mono-formulated opiates. It was just the opiate. But in order to do that, it takes a big investment from industry. And industry didn't want to make this investment only for end-of-life pain. It's not a big it, enough market. It wasn't a big enough market. They needed the whole pain market. So that was kind of the agreement that happened was, okay, we won't just focus on end-of-life pain, we'll focus on all pain. And industry says, okay, we're in. And so the, the war on pain became a war on all pain and became thinking of pain as a, as a disease in and of itself as opposed to a symptom. And establishing the pain scale, which everyone is asked when they enter a clinic, what's your pain on a scale of one to 10? And you say your pain. So it was validated in the setting of saying, so a, a one on the scale means this, a two means this, all the way up to 10. And 10 is the worst pain imaginable. You cannot tolerate it for a second more. You would rather die than continue right. in this pain. And we are instructed as providers to consider the pain scale as the same thing as a blood pressure. So if you come in and your blood pressure is 250 over 180, which means your blood vessels in your brain are about to pop and you're going to bleed into your head and die, and we don't do anything about that, then we're at fault. Mm -hmm. That was negligent practice. We can be sued rightfully. And so doctors had to treat pain. And there were a whole bunch more opiates available to do it with. And we had the Clinton era healthcare reform of the 1990s when HMOs, healthcare management organizations, really took over. So we went from having this very sort of free and open healthcare, health insurance market to a structured market. And the HMOs recognized that opiates are a lot cheaper than these comprehensive pain management programs of physical therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy, these comprehensive programs that were there to manage chronic pain in the 80s and early 90s. The HMOs wouldn't pay for them. So now we're in a situation where we have to treat pain. There's a lot of opiates available and the insurance won't cover anything else. And then one other thing happened and that was welfare reform. A lot of people went out to disability. In fact, disability grew way more than welfare shrunk during the 1990s. And disability, of course, is physician administered or physician recommended. So imagine as a doctor, you have a patient who lost their job mining in Appalachia. So you have doctors in the situation of they have to treat pain. There's a ton of opiates available. Insurance won't pay for anything else. And you have to treat them in order to get them state assistance in the form of disability. So it was, it was really a, a, an amazing coalescence of social na national factors that led to uh, really over-relying on opiates for chronic pain. And out of that came this tidal wave of cases of people becoming dependent. Right. The estimate is around 3 million people in the U.S. Uh, that otherwise would not have developed opioid dependence mm -hmm. um, did so due to over-reliance on opiates. According to the National Center for Health Statistics, in 2001, there were just over 5,000 recorded deaths by overdose on prescription opioids. 
By 2013, that number had increased threefold to 16,000. And here's the thing. Chemically, the difference between taking your normal prescribed dose and taking a little bit more or taking it with a glass of wine or in combination with some other drug, that can kill you. So the word overdose is really problematic because in everyone's mind it means shooting dope or swallowing a whole bottle of pills. And what we actually mean by overdose, when you think of, when you look into the research behind it, what actually causes, what are the risk factors for an overdose, it mostly has to do with tolerance. So say you're cutting back your dose and you have a lot of pain, so you take your usual dose, but your body can't tolerate that anymore. Mm-hmm. Or you also take something else that changes your body's ability to tolerate that dose of opiates. And that might be alcohol, it might be another sedating medication, it might be an antibiotic that changes how you metabolize.